I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. little technical talk at the top of this one. Uh, I wasn't crazy about some of the audio on the last episode um, between my heat coming on in my apartment uh, being a little loud and uh, some pops that I'm not sure uh, where the source uh, was from were in there and just wanted to not really apologize, but just address it. Uh, I turned my heat down for this episode, so hopefully the audio quality is a little better if we were a little chilly. I don't remember being chilly, but that's because Matt Young's such a warm guy. Uh, <laughs> um, but seriously, he he was such a great guest. I, I've been, I was really, really looking forward to sitting down and talking with Matt. Um, I just... Uh, if I were to define a resolution for myself this year, it would be to, um, more openly express when I admire someone as specifically within the comedy community here in Chicago, but I think, uh, it can apply to broader, um, concepts as well. I just, I really want to be more open about, Hey, like, I think you're a great performer or, I think you're a great person, and I don't get to see you and say that often enough. Uh, I I was talking to a friend about it today, and he said, you know, it may he wants to do it too, and and it may seem like it's uh, too much to some people. Like some people will will think, oh, those those two are just a little much because they're they're you know too forward, and it uh, probably may come off as disingenuous, but. You know, we both agreed that we think it's better to just acknowledge that uh, you have that admiration than to worry about how it comes off because uh, you know it's genuine. Um, anyway, that was a little rambly, but I think it's pertinent for this episode with Matt because he's someone that I've really looked up to in the community and, and as a person um, a lot in the past few months or so. Uh, since I got to know him, and I, I finally got to see Improvised Star Trek uh, last weekend, um, and he was just wonderful. He was just, uh, he's created this character that exists in this great world that the rest of the company has created, and uh, it was so much fun to watch, and I, I plan to try to catch as many as I can. Um, cool. Yeah, that's enough. Uh, he talks to me about board games. Um, specifically more modern, uh, era board games of, um, tabletop and, uh, really social, uh, uh, experiences shared over those, um, your Settlers of Catan, uh, et cetera. Um, and he was so knowledgeable. We did get off topic a few, uh, times, but it was a lot of fun with good reason. I think usually, um, it went a little long because I was enjoying it, uh, uh, so I, I didn't try to wrap it up, uh, too early. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Um, plugs, uh, Reagan Reagan is moving to Friday nights, every Friday night at eight at our, uh, one group mind theater at the corner of Sheffield, Newport and Clark. Uh, 
the Nerdalogs have our Sketchfest show on January 11th at 11 p.m. at Stage 773, a uh, short walk from Belmont and Racine. Um, I think those are the, the two biggest um, points of uh, interest right now. So, without any further ado, here is MBSing with Matt Young. It's based on something I read in the back of a comic book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what uh, comic book? It was uh, JLA by Grant Morrison back oh, in the like, 90s to like Carnot early 2000s. loves Grant Morrison. Fucking I have to. Oh, you guys could probably talk about him endlessly. I mean, I have my I have my issues with him. I'm not. I've read a lot of his stuff, and like someone whenever he writes something, I'll be like, oh, I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like. Nah, he did I'm, this huge run on Batman that everybody was like, oh, it's oh, so good. Yeah. And I'm like, no. You didn't like it? Not into it. Uh, I'm pretty sure Garneau is pretty much a completist, but yeah. anyway. But his run on Justice League was amazing. Yeah, he's a bit, he, he's read me something from one of his Superman. Cause he, that, that series of the Justice League, fucking Superman and Batman and Aquaman, made me cry. Yeah, he's a, Garneau's a big DC guy, so I think <sighs> that too. really like crushed him in the yeah. best way. Uh, but in the back of one of those Justice League things, there was like when they still had like letter columns and stuff. There's a thing where he starts talking about, or it wasn't like a letter column. It's just like Grant Morrison like pontificating <laughs> about some like scientific experiment that they had done in the UK. So this is like late '90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. where they had separated a particle on a subatomic level somehow. I gotta remember this right. They'd somehow separated this particle, mm-hmm. and they had moved it miles apart. Yeah, and they would affect one and see yeah, the other one react. Yeah, I and I was like, that. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I get it now. Doesn't have to be religion, doesn't have to be Jesus, but everything yeah, is, connected. is connected. Great, okay, That's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, I I totally know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know exactly what. Yeah, I don't remember either. Where the details are either. Because I read it in the back of a comic book and I've never <laughs> never looked it up again. Could have gone to the internet anytime. Nope, just gonna remember it that way. Yeah, because it because it did what it needed to do. I was like, right. I learned my lesson. Okay, That's great. Awesome. Things are connected. Yeah, great. when uh, when Garneau did. Um, MBSing, he talked about Bruce Springsteen, which is very near and dear to him. Oh. And he's written like, uh, he's written an academic paper about mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen that's like still kind of in the process of getting published. Um, but he pulled out a Grant Morrison comic, like I, we, I did it in, at his place and he like mm-hmm. pulled out a Grant Morrison comic and like flipped to a page. It was one of those Superman ones. Mm-hmm. And he like read this speech that Superman had, um, that he felt. Oh, was it all-star Superman? Maybe. Probably. That's Probably. that's also an amazing series. Okay. That's like that's in my plus. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know enough about it. Yeah. But he like you know, he read it and he was like basically that's how I feel about Bruce Springsteen. And it was like <laughs> it was so awesome. I just I had no idea what to say in response. I was like, that's incredible. Like it was so profound and he was so intelligent and like cared about it so much yeah. that I was just like that's enough <laughs> bye that's cool. I'm done here <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, mm. yeah I mean it's been really cool to to be able to tap into why people love things they do yeah I love when I, I love when things like that happen too when because he loves Grant Morrison and almost did like something 
Morrison associated, I think. Uh-huh. I can't remember it. But, the, you know, when you get to tie in a couple of things. Yeah. I just listened to Claire's, and I thought yeah. that one was really cool. Yeah, I think so, too. It's She just quit her job, though, or got She let got go? let go, yeah. Yikes. But she got hired by Cards Against Humanity. Humanity. <laughs> Three that was days great. later. That's awesome. Yeah, the, the, the getting let go thing was very out of the blue. Um, but, you know, I talked to her about it a good bit, and... The cards thing happened very fast. Yeah. They were just kind of like, oh, you don't have a job? We have plenty of jobs you can do kind of thing. That I mean, <laughs> everything's connected, man. I think that's exactly what I told her. I was like, well, you know, not word for word. But I yeah. was like, you know what, Claire? When this happened, I thought to myself, you're such a good person. You are so talented. There's no reason that this is happening to you unless there's, like, a, a bigger thing that needs to happen for you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three days later, she got this really cool opportunity. Yeah. So, um, you know, it may not be, uh, who knows where, where it leads. Yeah, I mean, it might not be permanent or forever, but, yeah. it, you know, it's all but she, Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was really cool. It was, it was a good day finding out about that and yeah. we had our video that we made for them went up on the holiday bullshit site oh I still haven't seen that it's pretty funny Kevin was talking about it and I, I kind of forgot to look for it I need to check that out uh, you can watch it afterwards if you want yay it's pretty funny cool. I, I was out of town when they shot it I was bummed out but oh. I had to visit my brother why is he in prison <laughs> or something <laughs> He's in the prison of Richmond, Virginia. In, uh, <laughs> my, in, uh, that's very tongue-in-cheek. It's a mm-hmm. nice city. Uh, no, um, but like in between Thanksgiving and Christmas, my parents usually go and visit him and his family for the holidays. Oh, okay. Did we start recording yet? Have we been recording this whole time? Not no. the whole time. Okay. We started five minutes ago. I five minutes ago. Um, but we, you know... I may or may not use this part. I just wanted to. It's fine. I didn't know if you. Had, I couldn't remember if you had like an official like. Because you record your intro separately, mm-hmm. and then drop it in. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Usually, I just once we've been talking for a little while, we'll just be like, "Yeah, my guest today." And then I ruined it. And then I ruined it. No, it you're. You know. Because we were in this nice. <laughs> Natural back that's, and forth. Uh, that's why I started recording without telling you because it was so, it was uh, pleasant. You no, know, I'm a pleasant person to be around. You are. <laughs> that's why I wanted you to be on the podcast. Thanks. My um, guest today is Matt Young. <laughs> <laughs> what the audience can't see is that I gave him my I Heart to Fart mug to drink coffee out of. I sort of wish that you hadn't given it to me and I had just shown up with it. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd shown up with your own I Heart to Fart Mug and I mm-hmm. had pulled mine out and then we'd clink them together we would have gone everything is connected and then we would have exploded into right. yeah. fart particles. And I would have said take the form of a bucket of water. <laughs> you would have been take the form of an eagle. <laughs> would have saved the world. Would have been perfect. Someday. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, Matt's going to talk about Gaming. Mm-hmm. We'll say gaming. Uh, more specifically, board gaming. But it might go other directions. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I should give a little background. Please. Usually um, what I ask uh, first is, what's yeah, the yeah. inception of your love for this thing? 
Oh, that's a great question. Uh, it sort of developed naturally over time. Uh, a good friend of mine in the city, uh, who is now a famous headshot photographer, uh, Chris Popio. Go get headshots from him. He's like oh, cheap really? and awesome, great. He's awesome, and his wife runs a. They do like a pinup thing. They're both oh. photographers, and they have this studio, and it's all like tasteful and nice. Cool. And go- like they're both amazing photographers. Cool. And when I met them, when I met her. I had known him for years already. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the day I met her, literally the day I met her, I was like, oh, I need to get some headshots. She's like, oh, I can shoot him. No And way. Chris sort of interrupts and is like, no, it's kind of a specific thing that you have to do, like draw people's eyes out and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that was them starting this business. No way. Yeah. That's and then crazy. They, they got into the, the headshot thing and then they got into like the, the it's called Baboon Pinups. It's great. Um, I I think I might have heard of it. Yeah. It seems familiar. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like on Oprah and everything. Okay. And, and they're doing great now. Cool. Uh, but Chris and I have been friends, like I said, for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And he and I, before he was married to mm-hmm. his now lovely wife, uh, Heather, uh, we would, we did some show, we did a show together, met in like 99, just hung out a lot, like we'd go to bars and just drink and be pals. And mm-hmm. then like, we sort of transitioned into like, well, let's just go hang out at your place because you got this nice apartment right. and we'll watch a movie and we'll drink or we'll some food. Yeah. Which slowly which developed into... Sounds better to me anyway. Agreed. <laughs> uh, which slowly developed into playing games. Like we got Munchkin first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was sort of our gateway drug. Uh-huh. Uh, like it was simple. It's like, oh, we get it, you yeah. know, like it's blah, blah, blah. It's fairly easy to teach to yeah. people. Yeah. And, and then like uh, he met this other guy doing a show, Brad, who's like in this group of people and our other friend Kenner. And we're the four that kind of play games together. And culminating this year, and we actually went to Gen Con. And, oh, fun. And stayed in the presidential suite. <laughs> Because there were no, there, it was either stay at the presidential suite or get like a hotel room out on the edge of town, like oh, by the airport, and have to drive in. And, and we're like, road, if yeah. we can get enough guys in the presidential suite, it's not, it's the exact same price. Yeah, yeah. So we walked in and a, <laughs> two doors wide open, baby grand piano right in front of us. I slept on a cot next to the baby grand piano. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's the best like dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah, really dumb. I could see the way that you opened the doors with your hands. Yeah. I could see just like this slow motion shot of the movie of all you yeah. guys walking in, oh, getting so ready for dumb. Gen Con, yeah. <laughs> checking out all the... It was great. We, we pulled up in front too and we got out of Chris's car and we were walking up to the front desk and right in front of me is Will Wheaton talking to some guy no really way. intensely and he's wearing a kilt. He's wearing one of those kilts that's got like a bunch of pockets in it that gamers wear. Cool. It's like a specific kilt for gamers. Yeah, you you said a thing like I should know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, you know, it's one of those kilts you know kilts for gamers. gamers no, it's really a thing where it's like it's got like specific oh, dice pouches oh, and like. Okay. Oof. Yeah, too deep for me. But you then next year I'll have one. Okay, I was gonna you say know, like, I can see you wearing a gaming kilt, and I mean that in the best way. I take it in the best way. Uh, but he was talking really intensely. So when I turned my one of my friends, I'm like. And like I want to say hi, but I don't want to interrupt. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, oh, you know what? I saw him. Mm-hmm. It's great. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, two of the guys I'm with are like, who the hell is Will Wheaton? Oh no! And the other guy's like, oh my god, we have to go over there. And I'm like, no, no, don't go over there. Don't. He's like in a conversation with somebody. Just leave him alone. Like, don't be one of those people that's like harassing him this uh-huh. weekend. Um, 
Yeah, so we, yeah, to back up, we started with Munchkin, we, like, got into Catan and uh, uh, Carcassonne and, like, uh, all these other, like, uh, fun games. We, uh, Chris and Brad started just, like, amassing games. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a few, but, like, they pour lots of money into, like, yeah. buying games. Yeah, yeah. And then we get together and we, you know, uh, we try to, when we were all less busy, you know, mm-hmm. like, once a week we would kind of get together and have a game night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got busier and, uh, you know, it gets a little harder to get together. But sure. now I've taken it to other parts of my life, too. Yeah. Like, I have other friends that I'm like, hey, let's play Battlestar Galactica, the board game. Yeah. It is so great. Yeah, I've heard really good things about that game. It is. I've never played it. It perfectly recreates the paranoia of that show. That's cool. Because you have to figure out who the Borg is. Or yeah, yeah. Not the the Silent. The oh, God. You're oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize for that. <laughs> you have to figure out who the Cylon is. Uh, yeah. As yeah. soon as Borg left my mouth, I was like, that's not right. That's... Uh, <laughs> nerd cred. <laughs> I've never claimed to have too much. All right, fair. Uh, yeah, it's really great. Uh, at the beginning, uh, you pass out these cards to everyone. Mm-hmm. And you can play up to, like, six people. Mm-hmm. So there can be one or two potentially oh, Cylons, wow. depending on how many people you play with. Uh, and you just look at these cards at the beginning, and then you just set them back down. Yeah. And then you start playing the game. Right. And it's like, shit is happening, everything's going wrong all the time. Like, you literally at the end of your turn, you pull a crisis card. <laughs> that is how the turns always end. There's always a crisis to deal with. Uh, and then halfway through the game, like you're trying to get to Earth, and halfway through the game, you pull a second card. So it's oh. possible in the first half of the game that everybody is human, Oh. But you don't know, and you're still like, and since there's always a crisis, it's like, well, I can only help out this much overcoming this crisis. Like, why didn't you help more? You could have done blah, blah, blah. Oh, and people like, start like, you're the Cylon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then part of the fun of it, too, is just randomly deciding someone's a Cylon right. and harassing them. <laughs> right. I feel like whenever I've been around when people from the Nerdalogs are playing, that's mm-hmm. usually what's oh, yeah. going on is just uh, oh my god if I was playing that with those dudes it would just be like Gennaro you're the fucking <laughs> I know you are stop fucking lying uh, and he'd be like I'm not the Silent <laughs> <laughs> that's a good Joe impression I've spent a that's decent good. amount of time around you I like it <laughs> uh, yeah so I just got into it over the years um uh, I just recently uh, started working at my at my job. We've uh, what I do is I work at a software company, mm-hmm. uh, and we create training for big corporations. Oh, cool! Uh, so we do a lot of like sales training, uh, some stuff for like pharma companies, yeah. like about their products and things. That doesn't surprise me because I work for a pharmaceutical company uh-huh. and. Tra- the training was awful. Yeah. You have to do training all the time. Yeah. Uh, so my company specifically kind of likes hiring creative people, mm-hmm. and uh, they out- they love improvisers. Yeah. When they show up to work, uh, <laughs> they uh, love reliable <clears throat> improvisers. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, much smaller. Yeah. <laughs> the Venn diagram <laughs> is, doesn't overlap too much there. Um, <laughs> Uh, but one of the things that we talk about, we've always sort of done this naturally, because I've been there about five years now, because mm-hmm. we always talk about making things engaging and making it more exciting and trying to like add like a human element to mm-hmm. it. 
but this year we've really started talking about gamification. Cool. As as like an actual term, mm-hmm. like, and uh, how do we take the things that people need to do? Because ultimately, a lot of old training, like the stuff you're talking about that you don't like, yeah. is uh, knowledge based. It's like, here's the thing you need to learn, take a quiz, Yeah. read this, read this, take yeah. a quiz, read this, read this, take a quiz. And yeah. we're all about, we believe that we can change your behavior. Oh. So it's behavior based by going, okay, well what, at the end of this, what do you want people to do differently? Cool. How do you want them to behave? How do you want them to act? Yeah. So we try to create... I mean, there's still some reading and some things you just have to do that yeah, way. Yeah. But um, stuff that's informational. But then anything that's like, well, now we want you to take this information and apply it to blank. How can we engage in a way that makes you think about the way you do that thing? Yeah, that's really so cool. So we try to create a lot of simulations and things where, like, sales is a perfect example of, like, yeah. uh, will put people in it's like we'll kind of throw them in the deep end a little bit and let them fail Mm -hmm. we also believe failure is the best way to learn (laughs) Uh, expectation failure that's what it's actually called expectation failure so it's like here go start talking to this person Mm -hmm. and you get uh, some choices and then you if you fail you lose you start over if you succeed if you succeed and you never need to see any of the failure stuff you already have the behavior you did it. You, yeah. We're not going to waste your time making you read and learn something that you already know that how you, to do. Yeah. So we build in such a way that, like, if you mess up, uh huh. I was going to say that for it. Can I say that? For you it? can say fuck. Great. Yeah. That's going to be so much better as for me. You fucking want. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you fuck up, <laughs> you will you will get remediated and you will learn. Uh-huh. It'll say like, no, oh. the best way to do it is actually this. So that was sort of our old thing. And that still is happening, but now we're adding this element of like, what if there's a meter? What if you win something? Cool. What if you get badges for every time you get to this certain level or Uh whatever? And that mentality is just another way to motivate people. Uh, And like, actually one of our big clients is an airline. I don't know if I can actually talk about them specifically, but this airline. Some sort of airline. No, actually I can because they put out a big thing about how we're a woman-owned business and it's uh, it's Delta Airlines. Oh. And they did this game for their um, uh, for their salespeople, mm-hmm. for like their customer service people. Mm-hmm. And the game is going to different uh, cities around the world and just learning about the cities. Cool. So it's not even like really teaching them like, oh, here's how to be a customer service yeah. agent. It's like, here's a bunch of information about these cities so you can tell people these so things. talk to them about it, yeah. Right? And there's sort of like this subtle like, oh, while you're in the city, why don't you go buy some perfume at the store? And the perfume lady models the correct behavior for tr- how to treat a customer. Oh, that's so interesting. So it's this really like fun, engaging game. They love it. Is it a board game? It's it's uh, no everything we do is uh, web based. Okay, yeah, so, that makes that makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, everything okay. is web based. It's a software company. So and the people like literally like instead of like playing Bejeweled or something, they will play this game now, <laughs> and we create more content that's for so it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. Uh, that's so much better than like reading fucking PowerPoint slides and right, stuff like that. Right. I mean, it, it we run the gamut of that of like some yeah. clients are too scared to do something that sort of radical. Sure. So it takes some coaxing to maybe get them to that level eventually. That's really cool. Um, but uh, so for me, like, I'm always thinking about games, and I'm always thinking about like, well, how do I? When I'm playing a game, I'm thinking about like, well, what are the rules, uh-huh. and like, how do we? 
break it down to like what is the beginning, the middle, and the end? Because uh-huh. you're always sort of telling a story too. Uh huh. Um, or maybe not a story, but the idea of beginning, middle, end. Uh, I also think about it when I coach improv a lot because like yeah. we're really good at beginnings and middles. We are bad at ends. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, if we set up these rules for ourselves, like we, we would in any game, to... like what is the natural resolution of that? Like how do we get to that end? And usually it's just one person being brave and like sure. declaring Making something. Making a decision, yeah. And it's usually a gift that we all love getting. Uh-huh. And, uh, Man, I love closers. It's the best. That's how I... Joe Gennaro was the closer on my... On um, Reagan Reagan, my team that I was on mm-hmm. with him for a while. And uh, and now I like cite things that he when I coach I will cite things that he did in shows to be like that's a closer yeah <laughs> that's how it works yeah 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 <laughs> yeah uh, so I'm always sort of like analyzing and breaking things down on a rule level so it's like well how do we change so if it's training it's about like how we change your behavior if it's improv it's like how do we how do we a like establish those rules, recognize them, and then have the behavior that like satisfies those rules? Yeah, yeah. And gets us to the end, and then like, and then I love playing new games because I'm like, oh, here's a new way to like potentially like break a thing yeah, down, and a... I'll go back into work and be like, I played this game called Gloom. Now, everybody, <laughs> we're talking about like uh, we're talking about some training for like uh, CPR, and I'm like, just hear Guys, me out on this. <laughs> Listen to me. You get a family, you kill the family. <laughs> Uh, have you ever played Gloom? No. Gloom is um, a card-based game. It's one of my, it was I played it first at Gen Con. It's been around for a little while, but I think it's amazing. Uh, if you and I were playing, we would both get four cards, four or five cards. I forget now. It doesn't matter. But each card is a person in your family. It's sort of an Edward Gorey kind of Adams cool, family yeah. type of family. There's like series of unfortunate events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like the Lindy. circus freak family and the mad scientist cool. family. Oh, that sounds awesome. <clears throat> Sorry. Excuse me. Um, I'm offended. <laughs> uh, so you've got these cards in front of you and they're these beautifully made cards that are sort of, um, they have, uh, they're clear. They're like a clear oh, plastic. cool. And... So you can play cards on top. So you've got like a little oh, and then see picture in the center. It. And you can play these cards on top of it that have modifiers. That's so creative. It's A, it's a brilliant like design. Yeah. Uh, but then the goal of the game is to kill your people off <laughs> while they're the saddest. <laughs> so I have cards that make your people happy. I play cards on my people to make them sad. <laughs> More sad. And then if they get sad enough, I kill them. <laughs> Uh, That's so dark. It's the darkest, best thing, but it's also this great storytelling game. Yeah, because like the cards are things like, uh, uh, oh gosh, they got uh, malaria or something like that. Well, like I could play one on yours that would be like, oh, a happy nuptials, <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, well, Susan, the dog-faced girl, she <laughs> she met the dog-faced boy and they fell in love, and uh, they went down to the church. And they talk to the priest, and even though that they are both freaks with too much hair in their face, the the priest decided to, that God loves everyone and that he was going to marry them. And he took them out back behind the church where no one would see. <laughs> and he, you know, he did the ceremony for them. Uh, That's so funny. And then, uh, and then uh, you might play something on yours of like, oh, but then they were they chastised by the church. <laughs> uh, because the other priest found out that the... 
the priest took him back. back. So it comes this crazy storytelling game because it just says chastise the church oh, on the card. So it's can. a really fun game to play with people who are willing get to. into the spirit of yeah, that. That's cool because you kind of continue these storylines, and it's like you might play six cards on one person, and it becomes this insane. That's really cool. Monologue. That sounds awesome. It's really fun. It's a terrific game. Uh, um, yeah. So that's so awesome that you get to like do that and mm-hmm. then bring it into your job. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about the CPR training, and uh, it, we didn't end up doing this, but we were just like in this brainstorming session. And one of the things about the CPR training is you, we have to kind of teach people that you're not going to save everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like the shitty part of it. Mm -hmm. And I had just played this game and I was like, it it was too dark and too weird. Yeah. But I was like, well, but what if we just kind of accepted that? And you're in this crazy world where people are dying all the time. And it's just, and we, and maybe we take on sort of that style that Uh sort of that series of an unfortunate events thing. Mm -hmm. And like, we didn't end up going that direction, but <laughs> <laughs> they then let me go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I, that was my last day on the game. No, but like, but it is it is fun to go in there and like and like go. Oh, you know, I played this thing and like this is kind of how it works. And That's it, awesome. And it does lead us to other places and it kind of opens up the way we talk about things. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so, have you played Arkham Horror? I have played Arkham Horror. I played over Thanksgiving for the first time. Did it take all of Thanksgiving? Uh, it took a little while. It was just the three of us. I don't know if that would make it take longer. I played with time. the improvised Star Trek crew one time. Uh-huh. It's not my it favorite. It seems like their bag. Yeah. No, Nick of... is way into that. Yeah. He's got like all the expansions and stuff. Um, they had some, my friends had some expansions as well. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing mm-hmm. just because it is so long. Yeah. And... I'm also not a fan. There are a few of these like horror-based games mm-hmm. where it's like you spend. There's also one called uh, Betrayal in the House at Haunted Hill. Okay. That's actually it's it's an interesting mechanic of like you start exploring this house, you turn over these tiles to get. So like the house is different every time because you're oh, laying right. these tiles out, mm-hmm. and then you get to a point in the game where, depending on the levels that your characters are at and some other factors, there's this huge book that comes with it. And there are a bunch of different scenarios of like, you have to kill Frankenstein. Yeah. There's a portal opening to the netherworld. There's yeah. like all these different things that play out. Yeah. All these sort of horror tropes. Yeah. Um, and you have to like spend sanity to get things done. And yeah. if you lose sanity, you die. It's, mm-hmm. it's similar to Arkham Horror in that. My first character that I was playing as died. And mm-hmm. I had to choose another character. because All because it was like... Um, your character is, you know, cursed. Every mm-hmm. five, if five portals open before you win the game, then your character dies. Then right. your character is enveloped by the game. And then five and portals open done. in like and a second. Yeah, and, and like two turns later, I was like, oh, cool. Guess <laughs> I'll choose a new character. I, this is more of a personal preference, I think, than a complaint about that game mechanic. Mm-hmm. Because in the world of like an HP Lovecraft type of horror game. Right. That makes perfect sense. Right. Things are going to go wrong. People should die. Mm-hmm. They are following the the genre that they are trying to emulate. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, as I've gotten older and wiser, <laughs> holding my I love to fart. I heart fart. <laughs> I heart to fart. I heart to fart. Um, I, fi- I find it really difficult 
to get behind a game or a TV show or whatever that has no hope in it. Yeah, me too. Like, oh. I find it just absolutely... I can't watch Walking Dead. Yeah. It's well made, and I'm it. just like... I. Oh, and everybody... The thing that's great about that show is, like, oh, what if there was a zombie apocalypse, and then it never ended? Yeah. I want to watch a zombie movie. If if I want to watch a zombie movie, which is a big if, I want the, the helicopter to show up at the end and pull people away, and like, yay, they got away. <laughs> like, the fact that it is relentless is mm-hmm. what makes that show interesting and good and also why I don't want to watch it. (laughs) Right. You know, like, and I I understand that. I understand that that is like a, an interesting new take on that genre Uh and it holds zero interest for me. (laughs) And it's the the same way. Yeah. It's the same way with the games where it's like, you're going to die. Yeah. You're definitely going to die. You're probably going to lose because the game is weighted yeah. For the monster to win to the win. game. We won. We beat the monster. You did. The monster got unleashed and we fought it hard and it's we, tough, we lost man. one person, but uh, myself and the other person killed the monster. Yeah. I think you lo- I think you win like one out of three or four times in really? that game. I think it's pretty heavily weighted wow. the other way. Um, so that's why I kind of like go, is that a game mechanic thing? Right. Even if it's in this horrible world, shouldn't I be able to like pull it out and win? Yeah, because yeah. that just—that's fair. It's just not fun then. Like yeah. I want there to be a fifty-fifty chance that I'm gonna win. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do though. Like the the idea of the collective playing against the game. Yeah. It's as opposed to playing against one another individually, because there is so much. There's never. I mean, the strategy is only against the game. Mm-hmm. There's no strategy against one another, really. Yeah, cooperative games are big now. Uh, I think uh, I think one of the better ones. It's complicated and it's a little tough to learn. Is called Ghost Stories, mm, where the, there's a there's like a uh, a tile of like nine squares mm-hmm. uh, in the middle uh, that's your board, mm-hmm. and around this the these tiles are ghost cards, mm-hmm. and you play like these Japanese warriors. It's like they're very Japanese ghosts. Uh, and you are, as a group, moving to... This coffee's doing a number on me, I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you, as these warriors, are trying to move around and defeat these ghosts together as a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there's a... There's not really competition, but you can, like, kind of go and get this idol that will help you that might have helped someone else. That, yeah. You know, so you're trying to work together mostly, but you're also, like, eventually, like, well, we just have to let this other person die. And, yeah. Uh, right. get through it um, yeah I, I, it's that's a tu- that's a much tougher mechanic mm-hmm. I uh, think to so off. too and actually that's one of the interesting things about the Battlestar game too is like it, it is cooperative in the sense of like if you're all humans at the beginning Cylons are coming at the ship and you're all working together to overcome to them. them but it's just the fact that there's a traitor in your midst that Probably will eventually yeah, probably judging that. That will that will eventually like flip sides and definitely like oh, start kind of playing that other side. Cylons. Yeah, but but that but even that if there are two Cylons, they're working cooperatively, and right. four other people who are working cooperatively. Right. Uh, mechanics. What's your game favorite game? Pretty, is that one of your favorites? Oh, man, that that one is is one I keep coming back to. That show's been off the air for <laughs> ages, <laughs> ages. But people love that game. It's I've super heard, fun. I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about it in the past. Man. I think it's better if you've seen the show because you get oh, what that mentality yeah, is. I haven't seen it. 
because I tried playing it with a group of friends who like most had seen it, but like two guys hadn't. And the one guy was like, what? I don't even understand what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, you know, the Cylons. Because they're, you know, you get into your Viper and you go and you fight the... And he's like, I, dude, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting to me that that also seems like a way that games are going. I mean, with Arkham Horror, I think it's it's more fun and, like, informed if you do, like, Lovecraft. And yeah. Like, you know, can get into all the monsters. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't really have much of a much of a working knowledge of, of Lovecraft. But, but you thought, have to have, like, a passing knowledge, at least, of right. the genre. Otherwise, it's just like, what is this nonsense? Exactly. And, like, all the... I mean, I could appreciate that everything was so cool. I mean, it... Yeah. The, the, all the art is so specific and, yeah. and neat. Um, well, some... I mean... Beautiful design is another thing that draws me to games. Mm-hmm. There, I saw a game at Gen Con that I still haven't picked up, but it came in a bamboo box. There was something about you build up these little bamboo things, and it comes with a weird panda figure, and I was like, that looks <laughs> awesome. That? I want a panda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's it called? Do you remember? Oh, it's like a Kimbo or a Kiko oh, or something. Yeah, interesting. I can't remember now. Um, a Kimbo. Uh, my favorite game that I'm playing now a lot is actually called Seven Wonders. Uh, which is a card-based game. Uh, it's sort of a civilization-building game. So, like, we haven't talked about the big elephant in the room, uh, which is Catan. Right, yeah. You did. Uh, you mentioned it in your progression yeah. of games with the... So, like, back in, like, 94, 2, 3, whenever this... Uh, the German guy, I'm not going to remember his name. Klaus Tauber, is that right? Don't you don't know. know. I don't know. Why the hell would I know? Why the hell? Why the hell wouldn't why would... I know? Um, Klaus Topper. I think Tauber. I, th- Tauber. I think I'm probably getting that wrong. Anyway, he designed that game. Okay. And that game, like, essentially, like, created all of these yeah. new modern board games. Seems like it. Um, or paved the way for them. And the great story behind that game is he hated playing Monopoly with his family. That's really funny. So he started making this game. He play tested it with his family over and over and over, and it's one of the most well balanced games. It is competitive uh-huh. in the fact that you know we're each trying to build up our little civilization and get to ten victory points and win the game. Mm-hmm. But there are all these different paths you can take to do it. So mm-hmm. you might be trying to build the longest road while I'm trying to build up cities while someone else is trying to get the biggest army, right? Uh, right. Or you're just buying cards to like. Even with people I've taught the game to that are brand new to the game, there's rarely a time. Uh, it's so well balanced, and there's if someone gets ahead, there are ways to like kind of block them by using. There's a thief that moves to your resource production area, and you stop getting resources. Oh. Um, so if somebody gets way ahead, you tend to block that person. And I've almost never played a game where one person like runs away with it. Oh, really? Even brand new people, usually like, you're supposed to get to 10 points, everybody's got like 7, 8, 9, 10. Cool. You know, that's how well made that game yeah, is. Yeah, that's so, like, really cool. Someone brand new to the game can play against me who's played that game for a dozen years. Yeah. And you're gonna do alright. That's awesome. You know, you might be like worried about it not sure of yourself, but like, odds are, once you see me pulling ahead, you're going to know to block me at least. Right, right. So I spent, oh, all right, I'll wait yeah. until they catch up uh, and try to get out of it. But, like, yeah, it's just it's just really super well made. Gotcha. Uh, and I think that just changed the way that everybody thought about... Wait a minute, we can... The way we can make these yeah. games. Uh, because Monopoly is a terrible slog. Oh, it's, it's the boring. worst game. It's yeah, boring. It's really boring. It is antagonistic. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, like it is meant to like make you angry at somebody else. And like you play this, you can get frustrated with people in Catan because you're like, fuck, that guy's got, he keeps getting stuff. Watch him. Yeah, like, right, right, right. But then, like I said, you kind of naturally catch up and you, ju- you just don't have that animosity. Cool. And and the guy who created it, uh, <laughs> like he just like he just played with his family over and over and over again. He was like, "What do you like? What do you not like? Uh-huh. Like what? I don't want to fight. Like let's do something that's fun for everybody." Cool. And then that game just took off. And that's awesome. Now you can. I remember like four or five years ago they started selling it in Target. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh man, Catan's in Target. <laughs> that's great." Isn't Ticket to Ride becoming really popular? Ticket to Ride's another big one. I haven't played that one too I've, much. I've seen people playing it, mm-hmm. and I under, I vaguely understand. It looks like Risk with trains. But I, I think it's just because of the map. Yeah. It's, it's really more of like a resource. A lot of these earlier games are like resource management, like building yeah. up your empire Every, um, of some kind. What is is this Ascension? Ascension is another and, uh, one like that. D- Dominion. Dominion is not quite the same. Okay, I've played both of those, but mm-hmm. only like once or twice each of them. So I couldn't tell you like I couldn't differentiate which yeah. one is which. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Dominion uh, was sort of started a fad that I think is already kind of on the way out. Interesting. Uh, of Like, Dominion is just, you open the, the box and it's just a bunch of cards. Yeah, yeah. And the idea of that game was uh, somebody went, people really like Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and it's fun to build a deck mm-hmm. and then, like, play against people. Uh, but it's also kind of a weird and huge investment. Oh, God, of, yes. Like, buying cards and then you have to find people to play with. And like, what if I put that experience in a single box? Oh, cool. I don't know if I ever really thought about it like that. Yeah, so it's like you put the cards out in front and you build your deck for that game. It's like a ready-made magic. Yeah, So, you, but but there's the element of like buying cards to add to your deck. Right. To like, and you can kind of customize it and like play with different cards and like, oh, I like this kind of card. I'm going to use that one more. Right, yeah. yeah. That, that was, yeah, because you could kind of... Like you were talking about the strategies involved in Catan. There's yeah. definitely strategies involved in that too. Yeah. Like what type of like monster you want to try to work with. Or right. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so the Dominion got huge and then a bunch of other people were like, well, we can kind of slap different themes on deck building games. Yeah. So there's like, Marvel has one that's supposed to actually be pretty good. Hmm. Uh, like a superhero based one. Mm-hmm. Oh God, why am I forgetting the name of that? Uh, it's called Legends. Marvel Legends. Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, and DC has one that looks terrible. And like, <laughs> I saw it at Gen Con. I'm like, when does this come out? And they're like, it came out like a year ago. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's the worst answer to that question. I, yeah, I love DC. And like, this game is just like, no good. Uh, that was, But that was one of the other reasons I brought it up is because I played, I've played both of those games and I can't remember, I think I won Dominion the first time I played it. Yeah. And the people I was playing, I was the only person who had never played. Uh-huh. So just, you know, by the sheer fact that like I chose a decent strategy because I was able to pick up enough of the rules and uh-huh. like drew well and things like that, that it, 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 it was, you know, a, yeah. a level, a leveler. Yeah. It, it's uh, the smart thing is like, there's still some, always going to be some random elements usually mm-hmm. that like, I, I can know the game really well, but if I don't get the cards I need or mm-hmm. I don't get the points I need to get the cards I want to get, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm just not going to win that game, you mm-hmm. know? I just have to sort of accept it. It's it's called Marvel Legendary, not Legends. Legendary. Sorry. 
I apologize. I apologize to whatever nerd. It's going. Screaming. It's called legendary, you idiot. There's got to be at least a couple. It's Klaus Tauber, you idiot. Why don't you know any of this stuff? Why are you talking about this? Uh, uh, I, I always think about that because of improvised Star Trek too. Of like how often people are like just enjoying the humor of it, and how often people are like, oh, he's got the. That's not how inertial dampeners work. <laughs> Star Trek. Uh, we started the live show in 2009, and we ran for about a year at IO. Uh, and then we started doing the podcast after the live show ended, and that would have been sometime in 2010. We spent a long time actually in 2010 recording and not releasing stuff. Oh wow! <clears throat> um, and then once we sort of got our feet under us uh-huh. it, it took Nick and Chris who do Nick uh, Wagner and Chris Rathjen who do a lot of the editing and stuff yeah I know Chris yeah uh, they they are heroes <laughs> because all I do is show up and talk right 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 and they do, do all the work. like the bulk of the work Sean does a lot of like, like emotional what you're doing stuff right now yeah yeah I just show up places and talk <laughs> that's all I do um <laughs> Uh, so once they got comfortable, we started releasing episodes and we've improved our recording process over time with cool. that too. We started with like a couple of mics set up around a room and now we have lav mics. Oh, awesome. And we all wear like baseball caps while we Just record clip and clip them to the brim so that we, as we're turning around we the room, we can actually look at people cool. and not worry about the mics. That's awesome. And our levels are all even and they can pull out like one mic and just kind of drop other ones if they need to. That's really cool. It's a, like, they've put a ton of work into making it sound as professional and as cool as it sounds. That's awesome. Because I am constantly amazed by how great it sounds. And now yeah. we've got a couple extra editors coming in. Eric's supposed to be oh, cool. helping edit some. And awesome. uh, Hannah Parsons, I don't know if you know I her. know that yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, so but she's helping edit why. stuff, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. So Tangent, you, but I that's was right. interested. But you play games with them a lot too, right? We have played or games. Uh, Griffin has a lot of games. He's uh-huh. a big game guy too. Uh, I actually borrowed his version of Battlestar Galactica for a long time and felt really bad that I had it. Uh-huh. And I finally just bought my own and gave it back to it. <laughs> I was like, I gotta, I need to own this game. Yeah. Why do I not own this game if I'm taking it from you yeah. for eight months at a time? Yeah, and actually using it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's funny. It, games are a little bit like books, though, of like, I loved Kill a Mockingbird, and I'm glad that I've got a copy of it. I'm sure I'll read it again some point in my life because it's just one of those books I like coming back to. But if I lent it to you for three years, you wouldn't. I wouldn't care. Like it. that's the way yeah. Griffin was. He wasn't like, oh, I need that game back. Yeah, he's got other games. He's played that game a lot. You right. know, there's just a point where you kind of like go, oh, you should enjoy this because somebody should be enjoying it. Sure. Uh, but then there's also a point where I think because I'm an artist and I get annoyed when people like pirate music. Oh. I, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I, I understand the impulse to want to do that, but I know that like on some level. I have a guilt about it mm-hmm. and I'm like at some point I want to buy that game because yeah. I've gotten so much enjoyment out of it and I want to make sure yeah. that the people who work on it and do it mm-hmm. get some remuneration for that. Yeah. At some point in my life I want to be financially stable enough that I can support all of the artists that I have stolen from in the past. Sure. Because <laughs> I watch so many pirated movies. I do because I just love movies but I'm poor. Yeah. 
And yeah. I don't always have time to like go to a theater to see movies, and I don't want to have to spend money to like yeah. buy something on demand or something like that. Sure, that's. I mean, that's why I've sort of accepted like I'm going to watch things late. Yeah, I'm going to wait for Netflix. And that's what I should do, but I get impatient and. I understand that, and then when I do go out and spend money, it's like, well, I want to go to the theater and see this thing because a I don't want to be behind. Yes, and it's the big enough thing I care about it, or yes. it's an experience. Uh-huh, absolutely. Like, I want to see the Avengers in the fucking theater. Yeah, right. Because... It's the Avengers. It's the event. <laughs> hey, it's the Avengers. I don't want to be behind, but... <sighs> the best thing happened to me when I saw that movie that reminded me, like, we need to see things together in large groups. Yeah. We need to share these experiences because I'm loving the movie... It's super fun. It's in 3D. Some people hate 3D. I love 3D. Really? I'm, an, I'm an idiot. I'm a sucker <laughs> You're for 3D. A total idiot. <laughs> I'm a terrible idiot who loves 3D. The only thing I've ever liked in 3D was Gravity. Oh, I have still not seen Ooh, that. It was incredible. Actually, one of the best 3D movies I ever saw was Coraline. I've heard that. It I've heard really it was really good. It was really good in 3D. I saw it at home on Netflix, yeah. but I really liked the movie, but yeah, I've heard it was great. It was cool. It was neat. They did it really well. But anyway, I'm watching the movie, and uh, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen Avengers. <laughs> Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there's the part at the end where uh-huh. Iron Man flies into like the portal and is falling back down to Earth. Mm-hmm. And the Hulk jumps up and catches him and yeah. saves him. And yeah. everyone's like, oh, what do we do? <laughs> and he comes out of nowhere and saves yeah. him. But And I'm like, this is great. I'm having the best time. And he's like falling. And there's a kid sitting in front of me who's like, Eight. Oh. And he goes, Oh, Iron Man. <laughs> he was actually like oh. terrified. Oh. And I was like, This is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's so good. And you're like, This is working for everybody on the, all these different levels. Yeah. And like, I don't know. But, like, and you loved all the like humor of it, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. And, and the adventure. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm a sucker for a superhero movie. Absolutely. So am I. Um, but I was just like, oh, I wish people saw things. Like, I, I bought my parents a while ago. I bought, a few years ago, I bought them, like, movie passes. I'm like, oh, yeah. go see something. Like, you guys. I do that for my parents every once in a while. Loved Iron Man. Well, driving to town and go see a movie. And they just, like, won't go. Yeah. Because, like, well, we got the TV here. We can, <laughs> we can watch it here. And I, but it's not That's the different. same. Yeah. I went to see uh, yesterday at 10 a.m. before I went into work. Uh, I went with my roommate and another of our friends to see Anchorman 2, and it is phenomenal. Is it? It's phenomenal. That was another movie that I had a great experience in the theater of like... Anchorman. Yeah, yeah. the first one where it was like me, it was like a Saturday matinee, and it was like me and two of my buddies in kind of a half-filled theater. Yeah, yeah. Ours was pretty empty too. But the fact that the three of us were there together watching it... Yes. A, you've got to watch comedies with other people. Yes. If you watch them at home alone... You won't find them as fun. You won't find yeah. them as funny. Like, I'm watching it with them. We were laughing really hard. I think the fact that we're three loud idiots Maybe. probably made the whole audience think, enjoy yeah, it more. I think we had that experience, too, because most of the other people were older. Yeah. It was so early on a fucking Friday. Who right. was going to see a movie? <laughs> and uh, the three of us were loving it. Yeah. And, like, they do... Uh, I read about this before the movie came out, so I don't think this is a spoiler, but they do another fight sequence. Sure. And every time they cut to another news team, we're like, oh, <laughs> it's incredible, yeah, man. Yeah. It's incredible. So, but the other thing was, there was this guy, we were sitting in like the second row behind the bar, uh-huh. 
and there was a guy sitting in one of the like handicap seats way in front of the bar, like closer than most people usually sit, especially mm-hmm. in an empty, almost empty theater. Yeah, yeah. And he was so into this movie that sometimes we would laugh at his reactions because <laughs> he would just be like, oh no, or something oh. like that. And we would crack up and oh. just be like, oh boy. Like yeah. he was being verbal and laughing so loud and he came by himself and it was amazing. Like oh. it was so amazing. That's awesome. So it, like you said, it just only like made it heightened the whole experience. experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I very rarely had the opposite experience. Usually it's a good experience to yes. watch a movie with people, but I remember going on a date <laughs> years ago when Soy Married an Axe Murderer came out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I went on a date with a girl who I knew when I was a kid, who like our parents were friends. Uh-huh. And we hadn't seen each other in a few years. I saw only date whatever went on. <laughs> she was super she was super sweet and a great girl. Uh I'll make but, sure she hears this. Great, yeah, I'm sure she's listening. Uh, <laughs> but it was like just this weird kind of awkward, like, oh, we're back. I was like back for like summer yeah, vacation I or feel something. Like that happens a lot for one reason or another. Yeah, and so we went and saw Story Married and Axe Murder, Indicator, <laughs> Illinois. There were like eight people in the theater. Me, I was cracking. Yeah, it's hilarious. Up. That is an amazingly yeah. funny movie. Maybe my favorite Mike Myers movie. Yeah, I uh, think that's a good option. I mean, Wayne's, Wayne's World's a really good movie. It's just, it's a little obvious. <laughs> a little obvious. So, sorry, Mary Axe Murder's I grew up in the time of Austin Powers. Oh, uh, the first couple of Austin Powers are <laughs> really, really good. I think they almost, I think they mark a big, like, shift in, in the comedy of that era. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that first one in the theater, like, right after I had moved here, and being like, what? Yeah. is this yeah the, why is this happening the characters are just so intense and caricature and it's such a specific like spoof of such character. a specific genre yeah yeah and it's just like and he does it with such wild abandon and love for it <laughs> I love it which yeah. is kind of what I don't like about the last one is like this seems really cynical and like eating its own tail now yeah instead Aurora, of just being like Aurora Aurora Bora uh huh okay yeah Aurora Boris <laughs> Aurora Boris okay. uh huh and yeah, so it's just like, it feels like, oh, but this first thing, like, you just found something you love doing and you're like having a blast doing it. Cool. Which is really great. Yeah, I think but, so too. So I married an actor. Oh, yeah. I, I'm the only one laughing in the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm laughing with my big, loud, obnoxious laugh. Yeah. I, ab- I share the fact that you have a big, loud, obnoxious I also have a big, loud, yeah, obnoxious yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to the point that people are kind of like, what is funny about this movie and looking at me? Oh, no. And I'm like, you're not getting it. Honestly, those are some of my least favorite moments are when yeah. I feel like I'm being judged for laughing. Yeah. I just want to like stand up and yell, fuck all of you. Yeah. Why? Like, I am enjoying this thing. Why are you judging me for enjoying something? I right. fucking hate it so much. Yeah. It's the weirdest. Man. I, I, yeah. I don't know what to do <laughs> if in those situations either. I usually just tend to keep laughing and being like, I do too. I'm having I'm a like, great sorry, time. Sorry, sorry, you're sorry, you suck, and I like right. this more than you. Yeah, what are you gonna do, man? Um, anyway, we're way, way I off know. topic here. I know. It's but all, I was no, it's fine. No, we're having a great time. Um, I realized that halfway into that movie conversation, I was like, I'm not changing it now. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of what other big things like I should hit. 
Oh, I started talking about Seven Wonders. Yeah, Which yeah. is my favorite game uh, right. Right, right now. I was, it changes. <laughs> that was like 15 minutes ago. I'm the worst. No, <laughs> no, it's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, just shut up and listen. Um, <laughs> that was directed to the listeners. Yes, not to, it was. To uh, you know, this, this show isn't going the way I want, and I really wish that they would just stay on topic. And they won't. I hate it so much, and why doesn't I... he know how inertial dampeners work? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Why won't they talk about what's in the NBSing swag bag? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get that thing. Uh, you have to wait until after the show. Uh, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's not a cooperative game, but there's this really interesting game mechanic in it that is in no other game, which is why I'm kind of obsessed with cool, it right yeah. now. Um, there are three decks of cards, and each one represents an age. This is why I backed up and started talking about Catan because it's like a uh, civilization building game mm-hmm. like a lot of them are mm-hmm. uh, I should also mention Puerto Rico is another great civilization building game if you like Catan and need to take it to the next level Puerto Rico is Puerto Rico. a little more complicated okay but like really satisfying okay uh, Seven Wonders kind of goes the opposite direction and makes it sort of simpler I like that uh, so all that happens is you can play from three to seven people mm-hmm which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And you can just great. have such a wide range, a range of people play. Mm-hmm. Um, so you set up age one, age two, age three decks of cards. Just a Roman numeral one, two, three on them. Mm-hmm. Um, we pass out the first age of cards. Everybody gets seven cards. There are all kinds of... There are like resource cards. There are trading cards. There are uh, science cards. So you're just building up your civilization. Uh, they're all different color-coded... There are different ways to score points. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got a little board in front of you uh, that is your civilization. And there's a place to burn, uh, to just discard three cards underneath mm-hmm. to build whatever your wonder is. Okay. So like if you're Giza, it's the, uh, no, if you're uh, Babylon, it's the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. If you're Egypt, it's the pyramids. Oh, okay. Et cetera. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the great thing about well, it's it, it's literally structured around the seven wonders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the great thing is, you get these cards. You've got this deck of seven cards, or hand of seven cards, and I play one. Like maybe I build another resource. Maybe I build like some sort of. Uh, there's also military and what's the blue one? It's like theaters. It's like arts, oh. and it just gives you like victory points. So. Uh, <laughs> Then you pass the cards to your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So oh, your whole hand? Your whole hand. You play one card, and then you pass it, and you get oh, the next deck interesting. of cards. So you're A, playing to maybe not let the neighbor get a card, yeah. but also trying to get the things that you want. Interesting. Uh, and then we go through the whole first stage. We play off all those cards. We pass out the second deck for the second age. They're a little more complicated. It's like the civilization has grown and like yeah. you need more resources to build things. You're and you trying to put things. on a musical at your theater. <laughs> exactly. And then you pass them around the other way uh, for the second round. And then cool. the, pass them clockwise again for the third round. That's really cool. Which it's such a cool like simple strategy thing yeah. of like, well, I can build my... I don't want to give this military card to my neighbor, so I'm going to build my wonder with it now. And then you might get a deck of cards where it's like, I don't have any of the resources to build these carts. Like I can't, I can't do anything this round. That sounds awesome. It's really fun, and it's such a simple, fun mechanic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's really, 
it's a little complicated in the sense of like there are a lot of cards to keep track of at first. Yeah. But I actually just played it the other night with uh, two people. Four of us played with two people who hadn't played before. And uh, one of the people who hadn't ever played won. But it was also, again, really close. It was like we scored like the points were like 45, 46, 47, and 51. Oh, wow. It was yeah. like really tight the whole 50. way. Yeah. Well, no, it's just like a cumulative, like oh, whoever gets the most. The game is over. I've seen games where people get like 75. Wow. Like just depending on, it sort of depends on how many people are playing. Gotcha. Because you might be able to get more if mm-hmm. less people are playing. Um, yeah, it's watch, super fun. Uh, do you watch Parks and Rec? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know um, that Adam Scott's character is really obsessed with Settlers of Catan. Yes. And like is a huge nerd in general. Yeah. Um, I'm I, kind of in love with like that fictionalized version of Adam Scott. Uh-huh. Uh, ben Wyatt. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, they really send up... I don't know if you've been watching the current season. I'm not. I'm not up to date. Okay. There is... There is an episode called... I can't remember what the name of the game is, but it's like the Cones of Deseroth or something like that. And it's he he's unemployed again uh-huh. and uh he makes this whole like tabletop game. Oh, he makes it? Yeah. Oh. And so he's like trying to so the cold open is him trying to explain all the rules to Leslie. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, I bet like, that's it's great. So, so, so funny. Sometimes the worst thing in the world is explaining <laughs> yeah. rules to people. So when you like when you said victory points, I started to kind of yeah. like, chuckle to myself. Because <laughs> that's such a like trope where he's like, uh oh, and this deck uh is all of your courage modules. And yeah, like yeah. it's all of this gobbledy and <laughs> She's yeah. just looking at him, and he's like, and at the end, the the end of the cold open is him going, "Oh, I have to throw all of this away." Don't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when it's, he made that claymation it, movie. Yes, it's it's like this. It's exactly what it is. It's the revisiting of when he made the claymation. Or what? What did he? He also made like he was trying to make calzones for a while. Yeah. Papa, Papa uh, Ben's locale calzone zone. <laughs> I love it when he's I have, unemployed. I had it too, and you're going to love that episode oh, I can't so wait. I have a shirt, the only Parks and Recreation t-shirt that I own, which is saying something because it's like my favorite thing. Yeah. It's my Springsteen. Yeah, um, it. It, uh, it, it has Adam Scott's face, like, you know, likeness on it with uh-huh. a chef's hat that says Papa Ben's locale calzone zone. It's like a hypothetical shirt <laughs> That's for the restaurant that he owns. Oh. And the first time I saw it, I was like... Oh god, I, I have to own I this. I need to get that. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's amazing. I, and then I, right at the bottom it says, um, "Try the Swanson Special." Uh, all the bacon and eggs we have. <laughs> it's a delight. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely been that guy though, of like I will because I like teaching games to people, but it is frustrating when people are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah. But it's also super satisfying. It's like. I have to, a lot of times it's like, we were playing Seven Wonders the other night and my friend Mike is like, well, how do I, I'm like, just play. <laughs> right. Like, don't yeah. worry about it too much. Don't overthink it. Just try to do something. If it doesn't work out, it, the first time you play any one of these kind of newer games, like, mm-hmm. it's just a learning game. Mm-hmm. You're like, you might win, you might not. But then it's like, and by the end of that game, they were both like, oh, I totally get it. You're right. Yeah. Like, when I played Arkham... I was the only person who hadn't played, and there were just three of us. Mm-hmm. And I was so thankful that both of them had played it a lot before, because yeah. I would have had no fucking clue how the mechanics of that game yeah. were. So, I mean, I think, I don't want to sound like, you know, like I'm tooting my own horn, but I think I have a good, 
like mentality going into games like that, especially mm-hmm. when I'm playing with people who've played before. I, I, I try to like give up the, the, you know, want to desire to just understand how everything works right away. And right. I take, you know, I try to trust in the fact that they'll be introducing rules to me when I need to know them and things like that. Right. I think, I think you just have to like trust that it's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, <laughs> like improv. <laughs> and then you just have to like, let go of that sense of like, I, I, yeah, like you're saying, I can't, I can't control everything uh-huh. right now. And what I need to know, I will learn. Well, I think that, I think what you were talking about before with this kind of stuff that you do at Noggin, mm-hmm. um, is, is also a big tie into improv. Like, um, as opposed to just teaching people things, the, uh, idea of like making them behavioral yeah. changes yeah. is, is very like, and that's terrifying. That's terrifying to people <laughs> yeah. in the, in the corporate world who are like, want to be in control of things who don't Mm -hmm. want to take chances who like are scared of stuff. And it's like, well just trust that like if they have this experience, they'll learn something. Yeah. And it's like, no, they they don't know. This is, uh, I'll go ahead and, and this is usually the last question that I ask and we're, we've already danced around it a good Mm -hmm. bit. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, uh, how do you feel like your, uh, love of gaming and board games Mm -hmm. in general have influenced, um, your life, uh, and affected your life creatively and in general. Well, I've yeah, I've alluded to a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. just in terms of thinking about like the way things work. Mm-hmm. That and and I, I think I have a good ability to separate my mind when I'm playing a game and go here are the mechanics of this, and I wonder want to understand how it works, but I also just want to experience it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to like get hung up on that stuff right like the worst thing is playing a game with somebody who's like constantly asking about the rules yeah and it's like just just do it man just play it and if you don't win this time who cares it doesn't matter like it's and a game. that's also a big thing that i've learned and taken away from it is right. like that sense things. of peace of like <laughs> i'm not gonna win all the time yeah it's okay that's nice because i I have friends who I play with all the time who I love and are good friends who they don't, they can't do that. They get mad. They get frustrated when they're losing. They get pouty when they're losing. I hate people like that. Not people. I hate that trade in people. Yes. And it it can't, sometimes I let it bother me, but most of the time now I don't. You've made peace with it. And I, and I'm pretty good at when somebody's being like that because I can just sort of detach from that sense of like needing to win or wanting to win. Yeah. I like winning. I'm yeah. not saying I don't play sure. to win. Right. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty good at like sticking it to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, 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 oh, may, maybe that's not really that important right now. Mm. <laughs> like, maybe we're all friends here. Yeah. You know, maybe like. we're just enjoying having this gaming experience. Yeah. Yeah. Too. And then like lightening the mood and then yeah. like, it just like, it diffuses that sense of like, right. usually, occasionally you can't, people just get yeah. locked into that. And yeah, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a point when uh, my friend Chris and Brad and Kenner, the four of us, uh, Chris had us over for a weekend. <laughs> and he called it Popiocon. He made us t-shirts. It was so dumb. That's it was awesome. the nerdiest thing. That's awesome. But it was super fun because I kind of said, like, we've had trouble finding time to play as much as we uh-huh. used to. So he's like, we're taking this weekend off. We're going to play. I'm like, great. Awesome. Fun. Came over Friday night. Went home Sunday morning. Like, literally slept at his house. Had a super fun time. But there was a point 
one of those nights, and I'm not going to remember <laughs> what point this happened, uh-huh. where we were in the middle of a game. <laughs> Chris was playing records with Brad, and they had been kind of fighting, and I'm like, are we going to finish this game or what? <laughs> like, every, it just got tense and weird <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> And then it was like, Kenner fell asleep on the couch, and I was like, fine, we're not finishing this fucking game. <laughs> and that's like one of the rare instances where I got kind of like uh-huh. pissy about something. But, uh-huh. And we were all just like, we'd been there for like 24 hours already, and we're just like, fuck this, we're, we're all sick of each other. 40-year-old men just like fucking mad at each other over this game. I love so it. So dumb. So silly. Yeah, so I think like... I love the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I love how it brings people together. Mm-hmm. I love the problem-solving aspects of it. Um, there's there's a really great uh, woman who does TED Talks called Jane McGonigal. And she talks about how she had a concussion. Mm-hmm. And how she invented a game for herself. She's a game designer by trade and a researcher. And she's also the uh, new headmaster at the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. <laughs> Yeah, she got she inherited from her mom. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, she's awesome. Like you should watch a couple of her cool. TED talks. I mean, just, yeah, uh, really she's really good. She's a good speaker, and she talks about how she got a concussion, uh, and she got so depressed that she was like, she wasn't healing properly, hmm. and she was sort of disengaging from the world. And she's like, I'm either going to commit suicide. Oof. Or I'm going to make this into a game. And so she made... She decided these things she was struggling with, which I'm not going to remember specifically now, but like, what are these cognitive issues and her issues with like, just like, getting through everyday life. Mm -hmm. She made it into a game. And she got better. Cool. Uh, And there are all these cool ways, like, recently, what was it? There was some code that... Oh man, I should have looked this up before I came over. There was some like... uh, problem that scientists have been working on for like 10 years it was a code like maybe a genetic code or something oh god i can't remember it's okay uh and they decided to put this information on the internet and let gamers oh cool try to solve the pattern it was a pattern thing Uh uh-huh they were just trying to solve a pattern and they solved it in like Less than a week. That's so cool. I mean, they're they're all. Is always... it like a genome or something like that? Maybe I I, I, oh, I can't remember. Maybe it was a virus that hmm. they were looking at. I'd have to look that one up. Okay. But uh, and the other thing that uh, Jane McGonigal talks about in one of her TED talks is how engaging in this way and engaging your brain in this way literally adds years to your life. There's a thing that she huh. goes through where she breaks it all down. Because you're just engaged. Yeah. And you're you're examining the world and you're part of the world. Yeah. That's really cool. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and I think it applies to, like I said, like it applies to so many parts of my life. It applies to my job. It applies yeah. to the way I perform. Uh-huh. You know, and I, I feel, I've learned in the last three years of my life, which have been challenging in many ways. Sure. To be grateful mm-hmm. for things. Mm-hmm. And I have to constantly remind myself to be grateful for things and not be bitter or angry about the things that don't happen or didn't happen the way I hoped or dreamed or wished. Uh, and I think that having that sense of letting go of things that games gives me helps me do that. Uh, because I trust that there'll be another experience that will be just as fun or good or cool. That's a really awesome 
answer to that question. Thanks. Thanks. I try. Um, well, I'm, the way I close it out is, first of all, I tell you, I don't have any MBSing swag bags. You son of a bitch. Uh, you promised me. I didn't promise ginger you Ginger snap body lotion. I, I promised think you. think you made an assumption. <laughs> I did promise you keychains with my face on them. Yeah. And uh, preloaded flesh. Drives. Flash drives. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, anyway. With MBSing ringtones? Yeah. yeah MBSing ringtones. Uh, things that got cut out of shows. Yeah, great, <laughs> great. A lot of intro talks. Well, next time. Next yeah. time. <laughs> next time. Cool. Uh, well, I'll be around a while. Who knows? All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the way I actually close out the show is that I say, Matt, I love you and I mean that. Oh, I love you too. This has been great. It has been great. Thanks. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.